0: I think theology's for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology Unplugged. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. This is Michael Patton, and I will be your lone host once again today. Due to some logistical issues that we are working through, we've kind of had some logistical issues ever since we uh, did not have our uh, coffee shop for the headquarters. We used to meet in a in a studio in the back of the coffee shop, which was very convenient for us. And that's when we were able to get Sam and Tim and myself uh, all together and uh, Carrie and Clint hopefully will be back with us next week. And uh, we're going to try to meet in my office. I'm rearranging some stuff in here and get all kinds of issues, you know, with the uh, with uh, growth of the family. Nothing new in my family as far as new children. Uh, thank you, Lord. But uh, uh, we have uh, growth. You know, they're getting bigger and everybody's needing their own room and everybody's... Uh, demanding their own personal space and so we're trying to cut my office in half and create half of it as a bedroom which i don't know how we're gonna do i mean christy seems to think we could do it but uh we shall see but uh hopefully once we get all this done and rearranged we'll have a a better studio and a more stable place to meet here so um, uh, that, that's what's going on here. So I am going to be uh, continuing to discuss uh, by myself some issues. Now I got lots of stuff to discuss. I could go on and on about all kinds of things, you know, from, from uh, personal things that I'm going through uh, to uh, things that I'm thinking about uh, spiritually as far as theology, where I'm at, not, not where I'm at theologically. Uh, most of you know where I'm at but just where i'm at in my studies and my and my uh you know where my interest is at is at right now but you know it it always it's always uh uh things that are always going on the immediate the immediate things that come up within our culture are are easy enough for us to uh spend some time discussing and me to try to uh, uh see what i can see how I can wax eloquent for a little while. So this is Theology Unplugged, and I'm Michael Patton, and I am going to be discussing, I think, three different issues. The first thing that I want to tell you guys about is is a personal thing, and some of you all may know this. You may not. If you keep up on Facebook, I haven't really talked about it that much, but I might get A little bit more vocal about it. I don't know. I'm, you know, I just toy with things in my mind. I I actually have more than toyed with this as I've gone and gotten some new equipment to try to pull something off here. But I have been trying to ever since uh, getting off the pain pills, which which one of these days I'm just going to talk about a few times. It needs to be talked about. I need to talk about it, not just for personal reasons, but because it's just an important issue today and uh, to share my experience and what I've gone through. But ever since getting off pain pills, I've been trying to get myself back in shape, back in, back in uh, the pristine condition that I was at before I got married, before any body fat entered into my system. I will never get there, but you know, that's what I'm trying for. But I am. Uh, I've been going through a, a diet, and I have lost a hundred pounds. Hundred pounds in the last five months. I've been doing this uh, this keto slash intermittent slash extended fasting, and I, I think it'd be fun to uh, move people along the journey with me the rest of the way, and just kind of tell what I've been doing and and uh, tell them how i how I'm going about it. I think it'll be fun. And I think it'll, it'll probably help some people, you know, I've said this before, uh, many times that if I was not a theologian or if I was not teaching theology, what would I want to do? Well, I would love to be in the fitness industry. And I, I've always, I've always seen this as such a great way to help people. Um, I got my, um, uh, certificate, uh, from, uh, university of, uh, Oklahoma state university whenever I was, uh, training when i was much younger before i got married and i personal trained for uh many months many years many people and my main concern was just getting people healthy not not trying to get, turn everybody into bodybuilders but uh so i'd love to share some of my experience there if you guys wanted to you could catch me on on instagram i'm going to be keeping some stuff up there and that is C Michael Patton. That's where you'll find me, C Michael Patton, on Instagram and then on YouTube. Now I'm not sure what channel I'll be using on YouTube. I checked my YouTube channel the other day, and I've, we've got a lot of subscribers for Credo House, uh, but we don't have any for Michael Patton, which makes sense because I only have one video there. Uh, I, I don't even I guess it's a YouTube account that I created. I don't even know how to tell you to find how to find my YouTube account. It uh, took me long enough to find it myself. So hopefully I'll be able to figure some of that stuff out and put some videos once a week up on YouTube and mainly a, maybe a daily or uh, every other day update on my Instagram. Maybe Twitter, maybe Facebook. I don't know. There's too many of these things now. Uh, it's just There's just way, way too many options. But I'm going to try to narrow it down. I think that's the way I'm going to go. YouTube once a week and Instagram more often. Um but uh what what I do want to talk about is some of the things that I've been hearing recently. This this is unrelated. Well, I don't know. It's somewhat related to the stuff we've been talking about with losing your faith and the Joshua Harrison incident and now the the uh, uh songwriter for Hillsong who has departed from the faith as well and but but primarily it just has to do with politics. And you know me, I don't like to get into politics. Everybody says that right before they get into politics, right? Well, I say that and I actually don't get into politics. I try to keep myself as distant as any uh, teacher of theology could possibly keep himself. And I have my reasons. I mean, most of you probably know it. I just, I don't want to muddle the water Uh mess things up in people's minds as if I am on a political agenda. Ultimately, I'm not. Uh, everything that we teach, everything that we believe has political ramifications in our country. And most of the time, you're just going to have to work that out on your own. It's fairly self-evident. But um, uh, th- there's a lot of stuff that that is going on in our country that has caused people to Really, and I, I've been hearing this more, it's been more frequent on talk shows or on blogs where people are really saying, this is the end, this is it. And whether it's the end of the world, Jesus coming back, or the end of America, um, no country can stand under, under uh, uh, with the problems that we have. That That's what's coming up more and more often. This is the theme I hear. Uh, Just today, I was listening to James White, uh, a guy I I respect a great deal as far as uh, his theology. Me and him uh, usually don't uh, have quite the same methodology, but God, you know, he uses things the way he uses things and gives people the passions that he gives. But uh, I found him, not surprisingly, you know, just saying that with all of the political stuff, with... Uh, in this particular examples, the gender dysphoria, the um, um, all of the uh, gender debate that is going on within our country, and in the politics, and how politics are are going, and how uh, the Democratic National Convention, and who who all is in Congress, and on and on he goes, and he his main contention is our country just can't stand under this. No country can, no country's ever been able to exist in such a situation. And this is not uncommon. I mean, this is, this is the theme that is coming out from many, many people, uh, that our country is bound to fall. Uh, and, you know, the thing is about some of this talk, I, it's, I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound critical of that, but it, but it gets nauseating to me. And it's not nauseating because of what they're saying or how they're saying it necessarily. It's nauseating because this is the same thing I've been hearing all of my life. All of my life, ever since I was young, ever since I was in grade school um, and, and, and the early 80s, and people were talking about politics, talking about what is going on in our country. I don't really even remember what it was back then, but I remember I bought into it because the christian community was saying this is the end this is this is the end it's it's over we cannot exist like this any longer and giving example after example of all kinds of things that are that are that our country's going through and then saying our country doesn't have much time left our country only has a decade left jesus is coming back any time because the world is getting so bad and i got ex- i mean and in some ways it's really weird because i don't i don't know what we have i mean it's kind of a condition it's not a not a christian condition it's a human condition to to uh, pronounce or pro- 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 prophetically proclaim doom and gloom and it's as if we are trying to preempt something and get to the other side of it and be able to you know say, see, I warned you, see, I told you so, that kind of thing. I, in other words, I think we kind of, I, I find ourselves enjoying it some. It's like we get excited whenever we think that the, the world is coming to an end. I, I understand the excitement if we really thought that, and that means Jesus is coming, but it's kind of like we get excited in a different way. It's, a, it's this anger excitement that produces these pronouncements. Now, the reason why it's nauseating to me, again, is because I have heard it and heard it and heard it. You hear it so often until finally you stop and you pause and you start to think, maybe it's not the end. Maybe things aren't as bad as they could be. I think back to the problems that we had before. And are those still around? Have they gotten better? Was was the pronouncement of doom and gloom back then? Uh, justified, or was it kind of this flash-in-the-pan problem, or just a problem which wasn't as big a problem as we thought it was, that it wasn't enough to bring down the country. Normally, it has to do with politics. Normally, it has to do with the way that the political environment is going, and, you know, whenever uh, uh, people see the new leaders, the up-and-coming leaders, and they say, look who will be running our country And uh, you know, either next term or in the next decade or two decades down. This is what we have to look forward to. Our country can't stand. And, and it's kind of funny to me because I look at this and, and I try to look at it as critically as I can, and I think to myself, you know what? I mean, yes, we, we have lots of problems going on, and yes, they, they are substantial to varying degrees and in, with various parts of our society and even within the church and, and affecting the church. But I, I look back and I see bigger problems of the past, things that, that we have overcome. I look at this uh, uh, this critical race theory that a lot of a lot of people are, including James White, is uh, uh, the, the biggest problem and the reason for the proclamation of doom and gloom, uh, critical race and and um, uh, all of the gender issues and uh, just a multitude of things that are brought up here and and I think to myself, is this really as bad? as what we had before then you know you go back i mean i don't know how far you go back maybe maybe you go back to whenever i was a kid you know whenever i was a kid in the in the 80s i think there was pretty well uh, it was it was it was a transition time and it was getting a lot better but it was still pretty bad racially it was still pretty bad from a prejudice standpoint people were still being brought up in homes to to see this um, this uh, caste system within our society between races, and it, it was a difficult thing. My grandmother was a an American Indian. Um, it she was half. She lived as a full blood Cherokee. Uh, she's half. I'm an eighth, and so I, I always claim you can't you can't claim critical race theory on me because I'm an American Indian, and um, you know i I claim it upon you, you know, you're, you're not looking at me right. And you, you're you looking down upon me because I say you are type thing. I think it's kind of fun, but I, I don't know what anybody's going to say to that. You know, I haven't actually ever claimed it before, but if anybody ever begins to uh, push me, uh, against the wall, I might just have a little bit of fun with that one. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, that type of thing. Whenever I look back in our nation's past, and I see what we have been through and what we have done. In the 80s, there was still a caste system. There was still, I could not have black people. Well, I could. I could have black people. I had tried to have a black friend over to my house one time, Sean Turner, um, uh, one of my best friends uh, in grade school. And uh, my dad just did not like it. Everybody was uncomfortable with it. It was an odd thing. It wasn't a normal thing. And it was just something that you really didn't do that often. But we were trying to tolerate it. But you go back to the 70s and even the 60s, and obviously it was a lot, lot worse. I mean, with the segregation and and um, with the civil rights movements going on, and I look back to that period and I say, is today, is, are the problems that we are having today bad? And I say, yeah, sure they are. And sure there are things that we have to really think through. And sure, it looks like it's getting worse before it gets better in so many ways. I mean, maybe in some of your opinion, it's getting better Uh and, and in some ways, here's what I, the way I look at it, I say, well, if we're going to compare it to the 1960s and before, is what we have right now better than that? I mean, I mean, think about it, folks. Is it, is it better? Is it better for us to have these problems, these changes in our thinking to where, um, uh. We have, we have these this gender tolerance, and we have critical race theory. Is that better than going back to segregation? And, and I would say, gosh, I, I would say absolutely. I mean, at least we're trying to do what is good. At least we're doing this with the, maybe distorted, but at least we're doing it with the right motives, with the right underlying Imago day. You say, well, the Imago Day is just getting so mixed up that nobody even knows anything anymore. And so how can we, especially with this gender issue, or maybe solely here with this gender issue, how can we even compare it and act as if we are trying to go in the best direction of the Imago Day? Well, here, here's what I would say is back in the sixties and before, the the whole idea of equality, the whole idea of of um uh that that we shouldn't be prejudiced, that we should not be prideful, that we shouldn't have have pride within our races that causes us to look down upon another race as inferior. That whole idea well, it is gone. And yes, maybe we're taking it to a radical extreme in another direction. But at the same time, is it, isn't it better? To me, it is. To me, it's a lot better. Now, just saying it's better doesn't make any any of the problems that we have today go away. But it does kind of throw water over, over the, the flame where we try tried to get us all riled up under the banner of if we don't uh, get angry, if we don't change our views, then this country is going to fall apart. Uh, That's better. I don't don't understand that. I don't understand that mentality. I don't understand how people can't see that it's better. It's bad, and we're always going to have our problems. Every generation will have their problems. Everybody will always have some type of significant social issue that crosses over into theology, that crosses over into the sin issue to deal with. Can you imagine a time when we don't I mean what are we expecting are we expecting you know the are are we are we post millennials where the kingdom's supposed to be getting better and better and better and better until until all of a sudden Jesus is ushered in because of the perfection of our society? No, we're always going to have this terrible stuff going on. It doesn't mean it's the end of America or the end of the world any more than going back even before. And us looking at world history and looking at um uh, at the time of Hitler and the time where it looked like it looked like uh, it was possible that the regime that Hitler was heading up could win and maybe was going to win that was that was a scary time. Was that the end of the world? Is that a time to pronounce doom and gloom? uh I don't think so. Well, what about the time before it where we actually had slavery? This wasn't just civil rights issues. This was actual slavery that was going on within our country and do it being done so oftentimes under the banner of Christianity. It was justified. It was just part of our, it, it was ingrained within us. It was just how we grew up, who we became. Theologians, great theologians, American theologians had slaves. I believe Jonathan Edwards, the greatest American theologian that we've ever had, uh, had slaves. Now, what does that mean for that day? I mean, was was that the time whenever America was falling apart? Was that the time whenever we were beyond recovery? Is that the time where you start pronouncing, well, this is just God's judgment upon us? Now he has really let us go in the direction of Romans chapter one. Now he has really given us over to our heart's desire to lust to impurity. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Obviously, I don't think so. What about the time whenever America rebelled against Britain, which I I, I find it hard to argue, even with some type of. Lex Rex principle that the law is king principle because I don't know who determines that 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 it was justified the way the very way in which America started was that the time whenever we were moving towards greatness as a country no I mean in that in that day we we should have been looking at this and saying you know what we're doing wrong and God's not going to bless this God's not there there's no way God can can bless something so so disobedient well what about the time whenever we discovered american we came in and and here's where i get to my indian roots you guys just pushed the the eighth of me that (laughs) that is cherokee onto some reservation and and uh you know my forefathers were were murdered and uh mistreated and you stole our land well Is that the time whenever we look at it, we say, well, God's really going to bless this country now because look at the way in which we are doing things. You see, even with the the whole history of this country, I've not seen a time in which it's because of our, our greatness, because of our following God or because of our obedience to him that he's blessed us. I mean, if we've been blessed, which I believe we have a great deal. I mean, beyond anything you could imagine. If we've been blessed, it is it is in spite of our rebellion. It is in spite of ourselves. Now, fast forwarding again back to where we're at. I mean, what if our country is headed toward these the, the, these problems with gender and kind of this 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 push over the the overboard to where we lose freedoms as far as our speech because of. Because of critical race theory, and and everybody's scared of what they say because they could be jailed upon it. But what if what if that happens? Yet at the same time, abortion stops everywhere. Because what—that's the hope right now, isn't it? With with many of us Christians, is that the the murder of all of these innocent lives will cease soon. It will change, and. And all of a sudden, we will get past this time of 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 atrocity of of uh, barbarism of archaic human mentality, base mentality, where we we have absolute selfishness, and we we look past the the most innocent of us. and And what if we get past that, but yet we still keep these other problems? Is our country still going down? Haven't we, haven't we had a net gain at that point? I mean, seriously. Haven't we had a net gain? I don't know. I don't know where we're, where we're at as a country. You know, I don't know. I don't know uh, how to evaluate these things because I don't know how to evaluate how we have become what we are other than saying, in spite of ourselves, all the time, god his grace is is confusing you see god's grace comes into our lives see law law offers us us, it offers us a a benchmark to shoot for it offers us a a a, a, an idea of if we do this then this will happen it's the hopes that there's just this perfect order uh, to where we can attain to some degree of 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 um, of attitude of practice and then we can guarantee some degree of result but that that's just that never happens. It doesn't happen in my life personally i don't know about yours. Maybe your life you every time you do a, b and c d follows. That's not how it is with me. And I, you know what? I'm thankful because I have not done well. I have not done well. Now, you may, you may look at me from the outside. I say, Michael, you've done, you've done really great. You're, 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 you're staying with the Lord and you've overcome so much. And so there, no, I, I haven't done well. I mean, I fail and fall flat on my face all the time. I do not meet up to any type of expectations if law comes in the picture. All I have to rely upon, even at my best, is the grace of God and his mercy. And anytime things go well, And what I mean by well, I'm trying to interpret it as as well, as good as I can here, saying anytime um, my relationship with God grows and strengthens, anytime I have a better understanding and ability to come to the aid of those who are in need. Uh, and that's the most generic of of statements because I don't know what that looks like in individual circumstances, but anytime I'm able to do that, anytime I'm able to act well and to be well and to have a good attitude, it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't. It's the grace of God. You see, we, we seem to think whenever it comes to us and uh, as a country, we're living under some Israeli system, the the old covenant, to where do this and you shall live; do this not, and you shall be cursed. And sure, that's the way they lived, or at least that's the mandate under the law, under the the Mosaic code. Um, the the promises that were given to the Israelites. Which, by the way, they never fulfilled. But on an individual basis, how did they they live their lives? How did David live his life whenever, whenever he committed his sin with Bathsheba? And the law demanded that he die. Did he die? No, he didn't. Why? Because God's grace always has to come in and change things. And what about this child of Bathsheba's that he had was... Uh, uh, he died he he underwent the the curse, but then what happens afterwards? Well, Bathsheba has Solomon, and through Solomon ultimately comes Christ. I don't understand it. I can't map God. you see we 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 want to be able to map his grace and map his goodness. I remember in seminary class one of our uh Dr. John Hanna was talking about the the historic prayer movements. The, the great movements of the church and uh and and trying to connect these things to to revival in the church and change within the church and how do we how do we get change to happen? And his ultimate statement at the end, after going through, I mean just uh, this big deal of anticipation that we were supposed to at the end uh, look to history and follow their example, so that whenever there was great progress spiritually in our country, we could figure out what they did beforehand, and and we could make that same thing happen. And he said they never corresponded. He said he said the the prayer revivals and the the changes that comes about come about within a, a spiritual the spirituality of our nation or of the church. They didn't seem to correspond. He said, "Well, wait a minute. Are you saying that prayer doesn't change, or or uh, methodology doesn't change? I'm saying you can't rely upon this whenever it comes to the Spirit of God. What, is this, what does John chapter three say about the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is, and, and it's used that both in Hebrew and in Greek, the word for spirit is is the same as breath or wind." And he has a play on words and he says, the wind blows where it will. And so it is with the spirit of God. How do you know where the wind's going to blow? Uh, do you determine that? Is there some type of way in which we can, we can change the movement of the wind? Is there even some type of way in which we as individuals can predict the movement of the wind? The wind is unpredictable, and that's the way it is with the Spirit of God. Now, one thing that I can say that I do predict every time and that I do believe because it's a promise is that God's grace is there for us. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be grace to keep this country going, but but because all of a sudden, let's say our country did fall apart and we were no longer a nation in 30 years and we had to, we were a Venezuela type nation. Would you be able to say, well, now we know what happened? This is exactly what happened. We had all of these culture wars in which the Christians lost, and therefore, um, this is the reason why our country fell apart. How can we map that? How can we say that? How do we know for sure? Because why didn't our country fall apart in the 60s? Why didn't our country fall apart right after its inception in the rebellion? Why didn't our country fall apart right whenever we got here and, and were, were uh, stealing people's land? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not comfortable with us either thinking this direction as Christians because I think it's not a, a a, biblical or historical, theologically biblical, theologically historical way to think. Uh, and, and I think it can be unhealthy for us mentally, spiritually, in every way. And uh, I, I, uh, I hope that I can have the Expectation at all times and keep the expectation of all times that no matter what's going on that God's grace pulls through and that somehow he redeems what seems to be the unredeemable uh, he has with me he has with you and at every movement in this country so far he has and every time he makes a move he does so in an unexpected way. Well, thanks for listening to my rant about—I don't know. It's not politics. I'm not going to—I'm not going to concede and call it politics. I'm just going to call it—is uh, uh, our country falling apart? You know, that's it. That's the only question that it is. Is our country really falling apart? Theology.